just want to stay in this place of just as our hearts are just in worship to the Lord, I just feel I want to speak into this a little bit, but I want to speak from just from my heart and some things that I feel like the Lord is is showing me, but I feel like it's for, for all of us in this time, for many of us in this time. And Marcus just kind of teed it right up there. And it's so cool how the Lord does this. And same verses that were on Marcus's heart this morning and as I'm writing the email and he's reading, he's like, oh my gosh, this is, these are this, this is what I was in this morning. And, and uh, I feel we're, we're in a time where we're, we're so close to a breakthrough and to a new level of anointing and to revival and there's so much that the Lord wants to do in this time. And if you if you're the enemy and you're trying to do everything you can to stop it, what's the what's gonna be your best attack? It's going to be to hit the heart of believers. It's going to be to attack them right at the heart. Because if he can affect the heart, if he can change the heart, he can change, he can change the direction of a person and, the, and their position of their heart. He can, he can change the movement of what they're to do on this earth. And the Lord is always looking for those who have a wholehearted devotion to him. It says in 2 Chronicles 16, he's looking to and fro. He's looking. His eyes are searching for those who have a wholehearted devotion to him, whose hearts are fully devoted to him. He's looking on this earth right now, not for the strong ones, not for the ones who have it all figured out, not for the ones who are doing it all right, necessarily he's looking for just those that hearts are fully devoted to and so if, if I just see that it, it's such an attack of the enemy to try to come in and, and hit, hit us right at the heart and I, I sent this in an email today I think it went out around 6 so you may not have read it but I just said I'm coming from a place of vulnerability because I'm, I, I've realized, and uh, I was talking to a pastor earlier this week, uh, racing around, I've been racing around, I've <laughs> been racing around my whole life, but it just seems to have gotten worse. <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I'm coming in for a staff meeting and uh, he calls me and I call him back as I'm coming in and and he just goes, how's your heart? And my quick response was, that's good. Still beaten. Everything's good. I'm alive. <laughs> and the spirit just kind of caught me right there. And I was like, no. And I can say my heart's been heavy. It's been burdened. Uh, not that, not that doing anything wrong, but I think what is, what's happened and what can happen is if the enemy can't take you off 
track, he'll just make you more busy on the track to the point where your eyes are no longer focused on Jesus, but they're focused on the track and on the things that you have to do and on, on all the good things that the Lord is doing. And, and there are so much right now. I mean, in this region, there's just so much happening and, uh, because of just kind of the regional uh, position that we, we work in as the church. We're, we're involved in, in so much around the, the city and the state. It's all good. It's all, it's all great things. But, but I, I realize, like, it can actually, it can burden my heart. It can, it can be a weight. Because what, the one thing that can happen is as I'm, as I'm doing all these things, it's taken me out of that intimate time, out of that time of meditating on him, listening to his voice, spending time in his presence. Just the quiet times. It's the, it's the Isaiah 40. It's when we wait upon the Lord. Those are the times that he renews our strength. And I think he renews our strength so that we can accomplish the things that he desires for us to accomplish. So there are things. And I don't, I, I want to be real cautious because I know sometimes in the church it's like, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm like, well, stop it. Get out and do something. <laughs> Make a difference. Like, we're on this earth to be a light. And we are. But there's the other side of it, too. And we can kind of go on one side or the other. I think there's some that it's just all they do is wait upon the Lord. And I'm like, you might be waiting, but you're not listening because you actually need to get out and do the kingdom work. Uh, but then that other side is, I think there's that Sometimes we're doing so much that we're actually, we, we skip the waiting, we skip the abiding. And we're never supposed to step out of the abiding. We're never supposed to uh, come out of that place of intimacy with the Lord. It's, it's in everything we do. And Jesus lived it so well. Those words where he said in John, in, uh, John 5, he says, because I only... I only do what I see my father do. I'm like, ha, ah, we need to do that. But it's not easy because it takes that abiding constantly in everything you do. I mean, just imagine, I mean, like just right now, are you doing what you see the father doing? <laughs> are we as we go about our lives and as we uh, interact with people, are we, are we doing what we see the Father doing? And I, I know we have to, we eat, drink, sleep, you know, hopefully shower, all those things. And, but what are the things that we're doing with our life? What are the things where, we're, where are we spending our time what are our efforts on? And, and tonight, I'm, I'm, I might just be speaking to myself, but, uh, but I, I'm realizing some things that, and, and, uh, that I can't, and we can't do at all. We can't do everything that's, that we think is a good idea, or that, oh, well, I'm doing this for the Lord. We can only do the things that we're called to do, and, and I think sometimes what we can do is actually 
take away the opportunities for somebody else to do something because we think that we need to do it. And, uh, and that's a, that is a place of pride. Somebody was telling me that earlier today. Pride is when we think that we're the guy or the gal or that has to actually accomplish everything. And uh, this has been an area of my life that's it's, it's been hard because I'm like, I got somebody else to do it. And it's like, and they don't do it right. And I'm like, I'll just do it myself. I'll just get it done. <laughs> Anybody else there? Is that just me? Am I, I'm probably the only one prideful. But you guys should be preaching to me. Let me get... <laughs> Uh, but I think it's part of raising up the body, too. It's even part of discipleship. That is, as Jesus said, hey, come walk with me. Uh, he didn't do it all. He actually sent, he sent them out. He sent them out to do the work. And, and uh, they got to do the stuff. Uh, they got to preach the gospel. And Jesus didn't say, hey, just let me do it. Now, there were times, you know, where he goes, all right, feed the 5,000. And they're like, we can't. <laughs> and he goes, okay, let me show you how to do it. And then you'd think the second time around they'd get it. Like, feed the 4,000. They're like, we can't. All right, we'll do it again. <laughs> but he, Jesus was always trying to engage them. And I just feel like, like that's, I think the point is, is that we need to engage others in, the, in, in a lot of the things that maybe we think we have to do. Even if you know, if, if you're, you know, have a family, engaging your, having your kids do kingdom things with you or for you, you know, like, hey, why don't you do this? There's times where I'll have Riken with me and uh, my son or my daughter Caitlin, and we'll be out doing the food bank, and and uh, it's easier for me to just pray over people, and I think, well, I can pray better than they can. Uh, but again, I think it's that place of where pride can kind of come in and. We're not meant to live our lives uh, doing everything for the Lord. We're actually meant to disciple. We're meant to, to raise up others. And so it's how much better is it when we get to go, here, you do it. And then they get to learn, and, and they might fall. It might not be quite nearly as good as how you could do it. And I had a pastor in Houston tell me that uh, if somebody can do it 80% as well as you can, you shouldn't be doing it. I was like, 80%? Can't we say like 95? <laughs> but I, I believe we're in a time right now, and I'm, the Lord has just been speaking this to me, that we need to make some shifts in our lives. We need to begin to change some things around and, uh, and take some things off our plate and not be so busy doing everything that we think we need to be doing so that we can focus in on the things that we see our Father doing. And then that'll position our heart for the things that He wants to do in this next season. Can you imagine right now, I've said this to our staff and to, uh, to my wife, I've been like, if the Holy Spirit were to come right now, and if there was an outpouring of the Spirit right now, what would we do? We got our hands so full in so many things that, I mean, unless we were quickly able to just let it all go and then move according to the Spirit, uh, we'd be in real trouble. I think we'd miss out on so much that the Lord has for us to do. So I feel like the, there's a preparation time right now. And so this, this, this 
this guard your heart. There's a scripture. Let me just read it. In, in, uh, oh, I wanted to read this first. This is just that you understand the importance of the heart. In First Samuel, when Jesus or when the, the Samuel's looking uh, for who to to anoint next, um, it says the Lord said to Samuel because Samuel's looking and he's like, "Oh, is it this one, Lord? Is it is it this one?" And you know, eventually, it's the it's the son who wasn't even there who they bring in. It's the scraggly little one uh, that's out in the fields, and it's David that one. <laughs> and uh, the Lord says this to Samuel. He says, "Do not consider." his appearance or his height, uh, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so we're in this time where I really believe the Lord is asking us to, to set our hearts before him. And if we set our hearts before him, everything else will fall into position. Everything else will begin to align. Uh, and this is where I feel like if we have a burdened heart, if your heart's heavy, if, if, if you're feeling the weight of the world right now, then we, then we need to make some shifts. We need to reset some things. And it's that, Lord, check my heart. There's a, a scripture in Psalm 139, and in the Passion Translation, it says this. It says, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through and find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test. <laughs> Careful what you pray. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious thoughts, all my anxious cares. How many of you have anxious thoughts? How many of you are just like, there's so many things that you're worried about or that, that become overwhelming throughout the day? And, and, and here's the problem for me is, is I've, like all these things that I'm doing, I'm like, well, this is amazing and this is amazing. And we're like, there's so many really cool things that we're doing right now. But I think what's happening in, in my heart and what I'm realizing is, is the Lord's given these things to me. And then I've kind of taken them on. And this is where pride can creep in. And, and, I, and what I do is I go, oh, God, I'm going to do this for you. I've got this. And I'll do this one for you too. I've got that. I can, and I'm not, I can do that one too. And then all of a sudden, things start to weigh me down. Because I'm not actually abiding in Him. I'm trying to accomplish all these things for Him. And it's a scary position to let it go, I think, and, and go, God, I'm just going to, I'll let you do it the way you want to do it. Because in our mind, I'm like, ah, but, but let me just do this first. Let me put out that fire first. Uh, I don't know if you're like me, but as of late, what I what realized I've been doing is I'm like, Lord, let me just accomplish all these things for you. And then I'm going to come over here and listen to you and you tell me what you want me to know. <laughs> And then I spend so much time over here doing all these things that I never actually get to this point of, of listening to them. Because I, I start spinning my wheels and this didn't go quite as planned and this one, you know, and all of a sudden I'm like, the day's over and I didn't even get to spend time in his presence and uh, just to hear his voice. And Jesus says these words 
he says, man cannot live by bread alone, but you live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If we don't hear his voice and if we're not spending time in his presence and we're, we're caught up kind of eating the bread that we have on this earth and thinking that that's going to do it for us, we're going to miss out on the very sustenance of life, which is his word, his truth. And when he speaks, everything changes. When I do live that way, when I'm, when I'm in that zone of just hearing his presence and walking in his ways, it is amazing how things get accomplished. But it's also how amazing that I don't get any credit for it. I can't look back and go, man, God, I, I really nailed this one for you. I, I worked so hard and I accomplished that. When I'm, when I'm abiding in Him and walking in Him, what I realize is things get accomplished in supernatural ways where I look back and I'm like, how did you do that? Like, that, there's no way. And then all of a sudden this phone call was made and something happened and boom, it just all fell into place. And, uh, and, and so, so there's seasons where I'm living in that and I'm experiencing that. But then there's seasons like now, which I realized, like, it's like I've lived that, I've done that, and then even more was given. And then in the more that was given, then I thought, oh, now I got to take it on and, and make sure that I, I, I take the pressure on of making sure that it's going to get done the way I think that the Lord needs to have it done instead of abiding in Him and, and trusting Him that as I just move with His Spirit, in step with His Spirit, that He's going to accomplish it the way He wants to accomplish it. Does that make sense? Is this, am I just, are, are you guys with me on this or should I just shut up and, <laughs> okay, just, it's quiet out there. I'm like, okay. Let me, there's a few scriptures I just want to speak into that, uh, Proverbs 4, let me start there. It says this, it says, my son, and I, and I just love, when you hear the word of the Lord, like he's so, he's so like the words of Matthew 11. He's so gentle and humble in heart. Jesus is, is just so loving and kind to us. He's never like, doesn't reprimand us in a mean way, like, you idiot. He's just so kind. And he's like, okay, come on. <laughs> we can do this together. This is what he says. My son, pay attention to what I say. Hmm. Here it is. We live by his words, right? Pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to your whole body. And then it says this, above all else, guard your heart. It is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. <laughs> Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your, your gaze directly before you. What he's saying there is that Hebrews, it's that set your eyes on me. Set your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. It says, make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. And do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Connecting that with Isaiah 30, 
he says this. It's this, uh, says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. I believe this is that we need to have eyes to see and ears to hear. And it's the eyes to see. It's the eyes of our heart that they would be enlightened. And then spiritual ears to hear his voice. And it's, it's, so the eyes, I see it as the heart. Like this is the position of the heart. And uh, Jesus uses a really cool analogy in, in Matthew 13. He talks about the sower and the seed and, and it's the soil. And he refers to this soil. And so I was, I was seeing this as a garden. And it's the soil, it's the soil of your heart. And uh, so if you had a garden, that's kind of your heart, like that soil is, is your heart. And then it's these words, as the, word, as the Lord speaks, there's words that he speaks, and those words are life. And that word is like the seeds that he plants in your soil. And, and when he speaks and those words go into that soil and you cultivate it well, those seeds grow up and there's, there's fruit that's produced and that's the fruit of your life. That as he speaks to us and our hearts are tender before him, those that have a tender heart, those words can actually get implanted in the soil and then begin to grow and then fruit comes in our life and it comes from his word. That's where we don't eat by bread alone, but it's, it's by every word proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's how we live, and that's how fruit is produced out of our life, from, the, from His Word implanting in our hearts. And then out of that, there's a, there is a movement. And so we don't just stay in that place and, you know, push all the, the growth down and keep it under the soil. No, we, we let it come up and so that there's, there's fruit that comes from it. But what can happen in that, in that place, and this is that guard your heart. It's guard that garden, guard that soil, because it's the wellspring of life, because those, those words in there that are producing life and producing fruit. But it's the things that it's, like it talks about in Matthew 13, it's these, it's these things that come up, these weeds. Jesus refers to them as the weeds that, that come up. And uh, what the weeds do is it says is they, they choke out the fruitfulness of life. And, and one of the biggest ones I see is, is the cares. Jesus refers, there's, if you look at the different scriptures where Matthew and Luke, it's the, the different things are cares and worries and then riches and pleasures. These are all things that, that, that are really weeds in our heart and that the soil that when God puts his word in there and speaks to us, that those things, if you have the cares and the worries and you allow them to grow up, those weeds are actually going to choke out the fruitfulness of life. And the very words that the Lord has actually get overtaken by the things that we care about, that we worry about, uh, the riches and the pleasures. I mean, <laughs> riches in this season is, is like if you just look across this nation there's such a love of money that that will choke out the fruitfulness of life it's the love of money it's a root of evil it's it's a it's a it's a it's a seed to a to a weed 
that can choke out the fruit in our, in our life. So these are things I just feel like we have the opportunity right now to, to really guard our heart. And for what the Lord's about to do, and it's, he's going to do amazing things in this season. The most important thing we can do, if, if it's like, well, what do we need to do to prepare? The very first thing, prepare your heart. Prepare the soil of your heart. Make sure that those weeds are taken out. And, I, and this is the thing I was seeing too. I just There's a scripture that says in 1 Corinthians 10, it says, when, when you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. And I believe I, I was seeing it this way. It's like if you, back to that garden analogy, if you, if you have a garden and you could clear out all the weeds and, and have it just perfected where there's fruit, things are coming up and it's beautiful. But when you think you're standing strong, what happens is you can kind of take your eyes off of the heart. Like you can, you're, you're not guarding the heart anymore. You're like, I got this. I've cleaned it out, everything's good. And if you, if you have a garden and, uh, and you stop tending it for two weeks, you might have it perfected, but if you stop tending it for, ten, for two weeks and it's getting water and sun and, and everything else and you leave it for two weeks and you come back, what are you going to have? You're going to have a mess. You're like, wait a minute, I thought I cleared out all the weeds. I thought I got rid of all that stuff. Those weeds grow up much faster than, than the plants that produce fruit, right? And the weeds will choke out. And so it isn't, sometimes I think we, and, and I, I'm, this is where I feel like you might be doing, you might be doing a great job. <laughs> you might be doing well, but be careful not to, not to continue in that guarding of the heart and the tending of the soil of your heart. Because if you step away from it, you think you're doing well, that's when you get knocked out. And I've seen great leaders, pastors and leaders across this nation that have done such a good job for a period of time. And then I think what's happened is they, can, they get busy. They get busy in all the things that are going on. And, and before they know it, they've been so busy that they're not in that abiding place, which is what actually cleanses the heart, purifies the heart that before they know it, these roots have come up of these other things and they've choked out things and uh, pride can get in there. Other things can get in there so quickly. And before you know it, man, you've just, you've just choked out your whole garden. <laughs> and then you've got to be careful not to fall. And it's only in the place of coming back into that abiding with him that there's a, there's a tending to the garden again. And that's that, that's that Psalm 139. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Know if there's any anxious thoughts within me. Anything that's offensive within me. We have to constantly guard that. I believe if we can get this, if we can position our hearts in the right place, the rest of it is, is fairly easy. This is the thing, though, over and over again, that, that if, if, if we can't, if we don't stay in that place, watch out because your garden's going to get overrun with things. And all of a sudden, fruitfulness is going to just be choked out from, from our life. 
And I'll say, I'll just, I want to tie it in with this too. In Philippians 4, it talks about a peace. And actually in John 14, it does as well. And then I want to spend some time in prayer here as well. So I'm going to cut it short here. Um, in John 14, Here we go. It says this. In verse 27, it says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, and I do not give as the world gives. And then he says this. So do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. There's a connection here between the peace that God gives us and the position of our, and the position of our heart. And there's what peace does. I feel like peace is that thing that's almost like uh, uh, things can still get in and we have to, there's, there's that abiding, but the, the peace is kind of like the, the fence around the garden to keep things out. Uh, in Philippians 4, it says, uh, how does it start there? It says, uh, I've, I've quoted it a million times. In the, <laughs> uh, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petitions, with thanksgiving, uh, present your request to God. And it says this, and the, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. So it is that peace that actually, it puts a guard, that word guard is the word garrison in the Greek there. And it actually garrisons your heart. So when you walk in his peace, when, you have a, when you're carrying his peace, it, it protects your heart. So when it, when in, in Proverbs 4 where it says, guard your heart, it's the wellspring of life. Well, you're like, how do I do it? You need his peace. You need to walk in his peace, which is that abiding. It's, it's abiding in him. And so if you, the, the red flag for us and for me is in those moments where, where I've lost my peace. If I've lost my peace, I know my heart is not guarded in that time. And that's when things can get in. It's where the weeds can grow up. It's where the things can get choked out. So for me, I, I know I'm in a, I feel like the Lord's just going, I need you to shift some things around. I got to reprioritize some things and just get back into his presence. Spend time with him. It's that wait upon the Lord and he renews our strength. So I just, if we don't start there, if that's not the foundation, if we're not hearing his voice, if we don't have his word, that's the seeds that we get to plant into our soil. Like the other thing is I think you could tend to your heart and it could be, like have no weeds in there, but if you're not hearing his word, you've got nothing in there. I want to hear his words. I want the words, the seeds that he has to plant in my life to be implanted. I need to hear his voice. I need to be abiding in that so that those seeds can go in and I can cultivate that as I walk with him. And then there's a fruit that comes out of that. I want, I want my life to produce fruit. 
Actually, let me just speak to one other verse with that fruit. There's a scripture in Matthew 12. I think Marcus might have spoke to it. It says this. It says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. And I look at this as, I think in this analogy, is that the tree is your garden. And so make the garden good and, and then you'll have good fruit that will come out of it. It says, or make the tree bad, and the fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Jesus says this. He says, you will be known by your fruit. He looks at the heart, but we're known by our fruit, what comes out. That's why it's out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's the fruit that comes out of the, from the tree. It says, uh, actually, that's, where, that's right there. Right after that, it just says, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then it says this, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up him, in him. But I tell you, that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word that they have spoken. Those words have just hit me over and over every time I read them, that there's an account of every careless word that we say. And that's that overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that's where David's like, put a guard around my mouth. <laughs> like. We should be very cautious about the things that we say. But when we do speak out, it's what, I, what I realize in my own life is when I do speak out and, and I lash out or do something, say something that I, all of a sudden, like, I can't believe that just came out of my mouth. It's not that I just go, well, I'm not going to let that happen again. What I need to do is I got I to gotta get back to the heart, to the root of it, because it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. And so there's something in there that I need to tend to in the garden. I got to get rid of some weeds. There's something that it's a, whatever it is, it's pride. It's, it's something in my heart that's out of, out of alignment. And, and it's the purity. When we have pure hearts, that's that Matthew 5 where he says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. I, I want to I have clear sight of him. I want to be able to hear his voice. I want to be able to, to see what he's doing at all times. I want to have my heart so tender before him so that there's always fruit being produced. So I want to pray, but is there anything you want to speak into? <laughs> Would you guys just put your hand on your heart? Mm. This is so important. Lord, we ask you in this time. Lord, I pray for the conviction of the Spirit. You don't condemn us. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but there is a conviction in our hearts sometimes where you, you hit some areas and you show us things that are out of alignment and that or there's, there's, other, there's other things that are in, in our heart. Lord, I ask you to reveal those areas of our heart that are not of you. For each one of us, Lord, 
where there's, where there's pride that may have come in to say, I can do these things on my own and we were never meant to. Where we can say, I can, I've taken my eyes off of you, but I got this, Lord. Just watch what I do. <laughs> Lord, I pray that we would come back to that place of where we need to hear your voice constantly, where we need to, where we would walk so closely with you, where that Galatians 5, that we walk in step with your spirit. And then there's, here's the fruit that's produced. Love is produced from us. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's that fruit that comes out of that life of abiding in Him and walking in step with His Spirit. And that's what's beautiful. And, and the first one is love. And if we have not love, we have nothing. That's the greatest fruit of all fruits. <laughs> Not that all the other things are bad, they're all, they're all great, but that's the key. It has to be grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. <laughs> all comes back to the, to the garden. Rooted and grounded in love. So Lord, root us in that love. Lord, help us to abide in you, walk so closely with you. Lord, reveal the areas in our heart. May we cry out with the Psalm 139. Search me, O God, know my heart. Create in me, Lord, a clean heart. Purify our hearts in this season. That's Psalm 24 where it says, who may ascend the hill of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place? It says, those who have clean hands and a pure heart. And you do not swear falsely. Lord, I thank you that we are in an amazing season, but you're requiring us to have these clean hands and pure hearts. Lord, I pray for a tenderizing of our heart, just as Marcus was speaking to that, that piercing of our hearts, that circumcision of our hearts. Lord, circumcise our hearts. Take off any of the hardness, any of the areas Plow the fallow ground. <laughs> Break up that fallow ground of our heart, Lord. That when you do speak, when you speak with those seeds, with those words of life, that they don't hit hard ground, that they don't hit rocks, that they don't get caught up in the weeds. But Lord, that, that we have that soil that is saying, yes, we're prepared for what you want to do, Lord, for what you want to speak. Open the eyes of our heart that we would have a greater understanding. See what you're doing. Walk so closely with you. Walk in your ways. Lord, we desire to meditate on your ways and delight in you. Psalm 1. There is a counsel that he calls us to. It's a wise counsel that comes from meditating on his ways hearing his voice, delighting in him. Lord, I thank you that, that when we do that, Lord, we will be a tree that does not wither. So its leaves do not wither. There will be a strength that comes from us. There will be fruit that comes forth. So I just say, guard our hearts, Lord. Let us rest in your peace. Hold on to that peace that guards our heart. In Jesus' name.
Amen. You guys are all falling asleep on me. <laughs> uh, let me, oh, go ahead. As Mike was uh, speaking, I was just thinking of just that simple story of Mary and Martha and and how Mary was sitting and listening. I just heard that as Mike was sharing, like prioritizing that time to sit and listen at his feet. And so Lord, we just ask you, God, that you would give us grace in this season not to be busy with much, though you've given us much to do, God. But in that place of what you've given us to do, you, you want us postured at your feet, Lord. Attentive to your words. So that's our commitment tonight, God. As we go from this place, as we enter back into our weeks, Lord, as we even go home tonight, Lord, give us grace to be attentive to your word. We commit again to the early morning. We commit again to the evening that we set apart for you. We commit again, God, to the afternoon. We commit again to those precious times. And Lord, if those have waned in our schedules, we just ask that you would give us grace to reprioritize and give great wisdom in that reprioritization in Jesus' name. I think you said that Martha, that Mary chose the good portion. That you take pleasure in this. That you value this as wisdom. Maybe when very few people in our life think it looks like wisdom to not do anything and to hear your word. God, we say that is wisdom. So thank you for valuing it. Thank you that you say it's a good portion. In Jesus' name. Would you just do this for a minute? I know we were praying, but and I don't know if we're going to do corporate prayer, but what I was feeling is just, I just want to take a couple minutes and just between you and the Lord, just if, if this is just convicting your heart, if there's things that uh, you may need to even write some things down. There's like, you can just grab one of those pieces of paper sitting in the slots there. The, but I just feel like the Lord might just even reveal some things right now. But just let's just take two or three minutes and, and just, just set yourself before the Lord right now. You ask Him specifically. You listen to Him. You hear His voice. And whatever it is that He's speaking directly to you, because I know He's been speaking to you. But I just feel that just to take a moment right now, just as we're in this time, before we jump up, go out, and, you know, head home, take this time right now just to hear his voice. And uh, I feel like there may be some things that he's just going to have you do, practical things. Hey, I want you to shift this in your schedule. I want you to lay this down. I want you to adjust this. Whatever it is, I don't know. So, Lord, I just ask right now, that we would hear your voice. Lord, speak to us in this time. And Lord, I pray that you clear out all the, I know you, do, you are speaking to us. So I just say, Lord, would you shut down 
just our own minds, the mind of reasoning, <laughs> uh, the voice of the enemy, any other thoughts or any other um, voices or things that would try to come in and, and, and disrupt what you're saying right now. Lord, I just pray peace right now and that we would only hear your voice. So I just thank you for that. So just, you may just want to speak to the Lord, pray for him, but then listen. I just feel like, make sure you listen for a moment. Okay. Even tonight, just I feel as you go to sleep, just ask the Lord to even speak to you in the night. If you didn't know, in Psalms, I think it's Psalm 42, it says that He shows you His love by day and He sings over you in the night. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't stop when we go to sleep. And even though our, our bodies are asleep, our spirit is awakened. Our spirit doesn't sleep, by the way. And so when he sings over us in the night, I think a lot of times when our hearts are positioned, it's, a, it's beautiful. Because when you wake up in the morning, that's when I feel the most, like I'll feel so refreshed. I think those are those times where it's just the Lord's just speaking to my spirit, singing, singing over me. And there's just like this life. And then I start my day and sometimes it's like, oh, and then <laughs> you get into the day and you get weary and tired. Uh, but realize that he does. He sings over us in the night. He shows us his love by day. We just got to get our eyes on him sometimes. But there's a scripture I just felt as we were praying. I think this is for 
I felt like this is for a number of us. So maybe not be for all of you, but it's for a lot of you and a lot of, and me. Uh, I felt the Lord just say, uh, be careful not to trust in the results as you're trying to, as you're, as you're doing things for the Lord. A lot of times we're looking for, like the Lord will have us do something, but then we're looking for success in the way that man sees success, in the, in the way that the world sees success. So God goes, hey, I want you to do this. And then you go and, and try to do it. And if the result doesn't happen how you think it's going to happen, then you think, well, I must have done it wrong and, and uh, I got to go back and, and fix it or do what I need to do. And I think the caution is we only do what the Lord tells us to do and we leave the results up to Him. And so there's a scripture that just connects to this that the Lord brought me to. It says this in uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 6. It says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So this is where we play our part. And if I plant a seed or if I do the part that I'm supposed to do and it doesn't grow the way I thought it was going to grow or accomplish the things that I thought it was going to accomplish, that's not my problem. It's even with this church. Yes, I've been positioned as the, as the pastor of this church, but my job is not to make this church grow. My job is to do the very thing he calls me to do. I'm called to plant seeds. I'm called to water. But it's the Lord that makes it grow. And if, and if I think that, well, if it's not happening the way that, that I think it needs to happen, then what can happen is I can change the things that the Lord is actually trying to, or telling that I'm supposed to do. And then now all of a sudden I'm out of alignment because I'm doing it my way to try to get the results that I think that that need to happen out of what the Lord has told me to do. Does that make sense? I feel like that's for a number of us in here tonight, including me. It says, so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. <laughs> God just kind of sets us in, in our place. Like, you're really nothing without Jesus. So you can, you're watering, you're planting, you're doing your part. And it says, but it's only God who makes things grow. The man plants and the man waters, and, and that's the one purpose that they have. And each of, for what they, it says, and each will be rewarded according to their own labor. So the reward comes from the labor of doing what the Lord has you do. Not, doesn't say you're rewarded for the growth. <laughs> that's the Lord's part. And it says, for we are God's fellow workers. We're his field, his building. So we're, we're the, we're co-laborers with him. We labor with him. But he's the one that makes things grow. So I just felt like that's a, that's a word for a couple of you out here, including me. Uh, I, I want to just say a few things here. This, these next couple weeks, uh, next, sun, or next Wednesday is going to be uh, a regional night of worship and prayer in here. So we're going to go after it. Um, I think we'll have a lot of people just from the region coming in. We're going to have a, a live stream and a Zoom up on here. for. Uh, we'll have pastors across 
Colorado and, and some just some leaders across Colorado that will be uh, zoomed in and, and praying as well with us. Uh, so this is the last uh, Wednesday of the month. This will be on the 31st, and uh, it's, a, it's an awesome time. We'll have, a, I think, a full band up here. It'll be a little more lively. You guys won't be like, sitting down. You're going to be standing up, praying. Uh, we'll be having people come up and pray. Uh, we're going to be contending over the region uh, next next Wednesday. And Dan Dan's going to be leading it there. He's going to be kicking it off. Um, so it's going to be, it'll be a, a sweet time, powerful time. And then as we've been praying into things, we just felt that uh, uh, there's some shifts that, that the Lord is doing. And I was looking around here. I'm like, um, how many people do we have? Well, what we're what we're sensing is uh, we want to we're going to move this, and we've been working on our, our chapel. We're going to move this into the chapel on not on the not the week that we have the uh, regional night because it's we have too many people we couldn't fit them all in that room. Um, but we're going to pack out that little chapel, and we can get sixty or seventy in there probably. Um, and but even on the floor sitting around, but we're going to have chairs and and we're setting it up with. Uh, we're going to do worship right in the middle, and we're just going to go circular around it. And it's going to be just a more intimate time getting together and really seeking the Lord, praying together. There may be just some words of exhortation, but, I, but the main part I feel like we're, what we're getting into is, is really praying together as we're seeking the Lord together. And it's, I feel like it's going to be just a sweet, sweet time in His presence. And we're contending for the things, for, for things on earth as they are in heaven. And so... Uh, we're going to start that. That'll be September 7th that we started in there. And uh, I think it'll be a, a sweet, sweet time. So we'll make, we'll put some signs out here. So if you're coming in on Wednesday night and you're like, where is everybody? We're going to be over in the, in the chapel. And uh, so just, just join us over there. Uh, we've got about nine minutes. And I, I, I wanted to do this as we close. I just... We've got uh, a men's advance, a call to arms coming up here uh, this Friday and Saturday. And so, hey, oh, Dan, Dan Yakely, will you come up here just real quick before you, <laughs> he's going to sneak out. <laughs> will you, I just want to just pray over the over the men as we were going to be. And, and I would ask uh, women, contend for the men because uh, the men need to rise up in this time. Uh, there is a, there's a calling for men to, to step up into, the, into their place and, and really lead, lead families, uh, contend over their families, protect their families. So um, we're going to, there's some really cool things the Lord is just showing us in these couple days, it'll be a Friday night and a Saturday uh, of this week that uh, we're going to be speaking into, going after. And I just feel like, and we feel like as we've been praying into this, this is a, a rising up of the men in this season to go to battle. Uh, it's the call to arms to put on the armor. But we don't just put on armor. We're going into battle. So I wanted to have Dan just speak into this, pray into this. So we might change the tone a little bit, but we need to pray into this. Amen. Why don't we just stand together? We'll just intercede for some men.
tonight, believing for a breakthrough, and this will just kind of launch us out. In May of this year, I was in prayer and just had a vision, and I shared it with Pastor Mike of just an awakening of men happening here that was going to be catalytic. And so I shared it with them back in May, and I said, I think there's something very significant that's about to take place. And then there was a real shift on Father's Day where just the men of the house were just really ignited. It was put in Pastor Mike's heart and the staff that we we're going to do a retreat. And so this is really unto a tremendous move of God happening like a cave of Abdullah moment where we're about to step into Jerusalem and there's a gathering of the mighty men. And God's about to raise up to be overcoming, powerful, to move in their anointing. No, God is really into headship. And when men come into their authority and begin to love deeply and lay their lives down, whatever they're overseeing, God commands a blessing in that. That's why our society has been so aggressive to destroy men, men's valor, men's integrity, that there has been such a push in the last 30 years to really elevate women, which has been awesome. It's been of God, but our American culture, in order for one to be raised up, another has to be torn down. And men have been torn down. The image of men, their authority, their value. And I've I've told my wife, I said, if you watch any sitcom, the nature of the man in that sitcom is he's a buffoon. He's foolish with his children. If if the wife leaves for an extended amount of time, he's just going to be back in the bar. Everything he touches fails. He can't manage money. He's sloppy. He leaves his clothes everywhere. Just this idea of men as just stumbling buffoon idiots. And the Lord is saying that that day is over, that it's men of valor being raised up. And God's going to command a blessing over homes. Children are going to be raised up. And women are going to step into their fullness. And so we're going to close out right here. Why don't we just lift our hands. Let's pray for this weekend to be absolutely electric. And I know that the women's ministry of this house has been powerful. I had a chance to come and impart in one of those services And the women were like lightning bolts in the glory. It was powerful night. And I believe that God wants to do the same thing with the men. And I was actually on staff at a church in northern Denver for there for about 10, 11 years. And I remember there was a supernatural move of the men that happened where 60, 70 men of this church responded to the presence of God and began to come down on Sunday mornings and begin to press heaven. And it started releasing a revival spirit over this church. It changed everything. As I watched these men step into their authority. And I believe the same thing is about to happen. So Father, we thank you for what you're about to do this Friday night and coming into Saturday. Father, we declare it is going to be a paradigm shift over the men that gather at this event. Lord, a mantling in the same way that the Saul as he was just being faithful, pursuing his father's donkeys. And in a moment, he had been an assignment to be the king over all of Israel. And he began to prophesy suddenly in a moment with the prophets.
Father, we thank you that as he was just being faithful, doing the mundane, suddenly the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and gave him leadership over all of Israel and to prophesy amongst the prophets. Father, we declare that the men of this house and the men of this region are about to be greatly strengthened with the spirit of awakening. Father, we thank you for a revival spirit to set upon the men in the name of Jesus. Lord, you're about to thrust us men into the realms of prayer, the realms of revelation, the realms of glory, the realms of laid down lovers. God, we will lay down our lives for our children. We'll lay down our lives for our wives. We'll begin to operate in the supernatural power of hearing the voice of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for men of valor. Lord, men that know how to lay their lives down for the kingdom of God. We thank you for lovers. We thank you for authoritarian men to speak in the spiritual realm and to declare things to shift. We thank you for men's voices to be restored back to them. We thank you, Lord, for the mantles upon their shoulders to be restored. We thank you, Lord, for honor to be restored back upon our men, God. As they are honored, Lord, they will step into a realm of authority and begin to bless and release your kingdom. Lord, let this weekend shift everything in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for awakening angels to fill this room, to sit upon this property, awakening the men as they step into this place. And Father, even right now, that you would put a summoning upon the men that are to come. Lord, I've seen several hundred men this last several months being revived in the Spirit of the Lord. Draw them in and break them loose in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. Amen. Amen. We just want to be faithful and finish well. So this was on my heart, so I'm just going to pray it. It's from the end of Jude. A call to remain faithful. Lord, we love you. And you call us your delightfully loved friends. And you ask us to constantly and progressively build ourselves up and build one another up on the foundation of our most holy faith, in faithfulness by your Spirit. Lord, you call on us to pray every moment in the Spirit and to fasten our hearts to you and to the love of God, that we would receive the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gives us eternal life. And Lord, we know that eternal life is knowing you. You keep us in, in compassion, uh, keep being compassionate to those who still have doubts and snatch others out of the fire to save them. Lord, help us to be merciful over and over to all those who come our way, to couple our mercy with the fear of God and stand in awe of you and, be ex and as we're careful to keep ourselves free from the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep all of us from stumbling and to present us blameless before the presence of your glory with great joy. Lord, we can't keep ourselves. We can't finish well, but your spirit in and through us, we will finish well. Thank you that the victory is in Christ. Lord, we so much want to be faithful and to finish well. We know it is by your Spirit, 
And we know that you are the one that keeps us from stumbling. Keep us, Lord. We are not blameless, but in Christ, by the blood of Jesus, praise you for the blood of Jesus, we are blameless in your presence, with your glory to great joy, to the only God, our Savior, and through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Give somebody a hug. Tell them you love them.